Welcome back to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I have joining me Coach Kurt Rollins. Kurt runs a semi-private training facility in Chicago, Illinois, where he trains busy professionals. He also runs a successful one-on-one online coaching program. Today, Kurt and I talk all about gym intimidation and how to get past that when you are just starting out in the gym or if you're just returning to the gym after a long hiatus. Let's go. Hi, Kurt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. I am thrilled to have you here so we can talk about all kinds of things about fitness today. But before we get started, why don't you give us two things everybody should know about you? Okay, so two things everyone should know about me. This is boring, but first, I have a wife who I've been married to for eight and a half years, Megan. And I have two young boys, Mitchell, who is five, and Hudson, who is four. And, you know, they're everything to me. And then, Another thing that a lot of people probably don't know about me is I used to play drums in several different bands growing up, and I toured all across the U.S. in my what? Yes. Nice. What kind of music? Oh, you know, it was it was mainly rock, like alternative punk rock, and I I did that, like I said, in my in my early twenties, and I I, you know I've always been into fitness, but uh, music has also been a huge passion of mine for a long time. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I have to say, I would have never guessed you for being a drummer in a punk band. Uh, you look a little too straight-laced, but that's super cool. Uh, who's, your favorite, who's your favorite band these days? Oh, you know what? In terms of mainstream art, yeah. probably, probably no. I would say, you know, Green Day, okay. you know, Foo Fighters. Good I'm stuff. A, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I mean, I'm 38 years old, so I'm into all those 90s bands like Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, the grunge era. Nice. So some of you, some of you guys might know those bands, but for the young kids, they're like, who, you know, who are these guys? <laughs> See, I like 80s rock, so that might be a little old for you, Kurt. I like actual like Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, all those guys. Hey, I'm into that stuff too. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big 80s guy as well. Very cool. We'll get along well. Okay, so our topic for today is gym intimidation. We kind of put that word together sometimes and call it gym intimidation. So Kurt, let's start here. Think back to when you first started training, not as a coach, but just as a person. What was that like for you? What was your experience? When I first started training as you know, a person, I've actually been training for a very long time. And so I got into weight training. My, my dad was always into weight training, you know, when I was growing up. So he, he kind of got me into it initially, you know, he would take me to the, the YMCA and I would work out with him there. And when I was a freshman in high school, I, I went out for the football team and they basically required you to start lifting on a, on a weights program. It was actually called bigger, faster, stronger. Oh yeah. And so, you know, I, I would say I definitely had some intimidation at that point because for me, you know, I was always a pretty skinny, scrawny kid growing up, very lanky, never had much muscle, not the best, you know, muscle building genetics. And so going up there and seeing some of the other football players who were, you know, much bigger and stronger than me, and then also not knowing 
you know, what I was doing. Um, you know, I'd never lifted before. I didn't know how to squat or how to deadlift or how to bench press. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was a scary thing. But that being said, you know, having coaches there to help you, I had definitely had an advantage over a person who's, you know, a lot of people now are going to try to go to the gym maybe on their own mm-hmm. or without much guidance. And, and having their guidance, I think, was was huge. And then also the fact that, it, it, you know, really wasn't in a public big box gym setting where I had all these other people I didn't know around. It was, it was with my teammates. And so I did have some form of intimidation just because I was pretty insecure about my body. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I would say it wasn't, it, it was, I got over it pretty fast because I had, I had coaches there helping me. And, and, you know, like I said, I was with my teammates. So that, that's my personal experience with gym intimidation. I bet some people are surprised to hear you say as a man that you had thoughts about your body because women think that's, that's our purview, right? Like mm-hmm. we get, we're the ones who like feel intimidated because of how we look, but it's, it, I can hear what you're saying, like that that can be a man thing as well. Um, you know, and I also think people might not realize that fitness coaches, like we're just like everybody else. And that most people, it is super normal to be nervous when you're doing something new. And if fitness is new for you, it's totally normal to be, to be intimidated and nervous. I certainly was the first time. So I was a person who like I did Zumba and, um, I did P90X at home. But when I first started training in a gym, I was with a friend. He went with me literally every time we worked out together five days a week for three months. And then he moved away. And the first day I walked into that gym by myself, like I was terrified and it was the same gym I had been in, you know, the week before, but now I was by myself and I was worried I was going to look dumb or that somebody was looking at me. And I kind of knew just enough to know that I didn't really know what I was doing. (laughs) Like I kind of knew what I was doing, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And I think it's important for people to know, first of all, like everybody feels that way and not everybody around you knows what you think they know. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've all, we've all been there. And, you know, just going back to what you said initially, I think a lot of, and you know, I was, I wasn't really a man at that point, but yeah, guys get insecure about their bodies too. I mean, like I said, for me, it wasn't, uh, you know, I, you know, I wasn't overweight or anything like that, but I, you know, I was, I was really, really scrawny. And a lot of times I feel like men have the pressure to be, you know, bigger and muscular um, and be, you know, the, the, the masculine, uh, you know, be the man. And I, I didn't have any of those things. So that's kind of one of the things that made me insecure about my body. But then also, you know, what you mentioned about everyone, everyone having those moments where they're initially intimidated, totally normal. Agree. And, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes it's hard for me still to empathize with my new clients. So, you know, I really have to put myself back there mentally where, when someone comes into a, to, you know, to a gym atmosphere, they're just starting, they have those fears. Like you said, you know, am I going to look stupid? Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to like do a few machines and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I'm too out of shape to go to the gym. I need to like, you know, lose some weight before I even start going, which, you know, all these <laughs> things are kind of ridiculous. That's a really big one. And it makes no sense. And we would never do it in any other context in our lives, but that's the way it works. Like people, you know, people would never be like, I have to get my car tidied up to take it to the car wash or like, you know, I have to, I have to do anything to go meet a professional to have them handle it. Like I need to get my finances in order to go visit a financial consultant. Right. But we do that to ourselves about fitness. Like we're just not good enough yet to be at the gym. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And obviously you've heard it as many times as I've had. I mean, I've even had conversations with prospective clients and, you know, things seem to be going well and they're like, you know, well, you know, I need, I need to like get in shape a little bit before I come in. And I'm yeah. like, well, isn't that the whole point of, of coming <laughs> in here? You know, let me help you. Um, yeah. and, and regardless of what shape you're in, I think a lot of people will find that once they do start going to the gym, like no one there is actually looking at you or, you know, no one really cares what you're doing. They are too involved with themselves. And so the fear of looking stupid or, you know, you know, not when knowing what you're doing and having someone, you know, making fun is pretty unfounded. People don't really care. It's really true. And I think people can press themselves on that point by saying like, how often do I look around at everybody else and judge what they're doing and think like, whoa, that guy looks dumb, like at the gym. Like we don't really do that, but we think everybody else is doing it. Yeah, exactly. And I know for me, if I am at a big box gym, you know, I throw on some headphones and go to work and I'm not really paying attention to the, uh, you know, the other people around me. And like you said, you know, ask yourself that question. Or when you're going to the gym, are you looking at other people or, or you know, mocking people? I think most that? people that are at a gym are going to be really happy that anyone else is coming there to get in shape, regardless of their shape or size. And, um, you know, like you said, we've all been there in the beginning. So we, we can understand how, how that person feels initially. Yeah. And I think that's a really important mindset piece, that part you were talking about, about knowing that not everybody else is judging you. Let's talk about some more. What else do you suggest people do? Like some mindset, mindset, mental approaches going into the gym. You're really nervous. You're really intimidated. You're heading there. What are some things you would suggest mental strategies or, or a way that people could look at this experience that can help? Well, I don't know if you are familiar with the TED talk that was done by Amy Cuddy. She actually talks about body position and how it can affect your hormones. And I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to go like deep into, into her talk, but she talks about power posing and, you know, there are different ways to, to power pose, but essentially what it is like a one version of a power pose would be, you know, standing with your hands on your hips, kind of standing proud with your shoulders back and chest out. And I think body position speaks volumes. Uh, you know, when you see someone walk into a room and they walk in confidently, I think that you can tell a lot about that person. And a lot of people think that maybe they need to become confident before they act confident. And I think that a lot of people can actually flip that on its head. And if you act confident, it will actually make you confident. So this, oh, this concept that. may sound a little bit weird, but you know, if you walk into a gym and you just kind of, even if you're faking it a little bit, if you stand with better posture, what Amy found was it will actually increase your testosterone levels at the time. Interesting. And yeah. And testosterone is associated with confidence and power. And so even if you're faking it, you know, when you do go into that, the gym for, you know, maybe that workout that you're, you're really nervous about, take a deep breath before you walk in, stand proud, shoulders back, chest out and fake it till you make it. And I think each little step that you take, you know, the first workout is probably going to be the toughest. So if you can go in there and get that first workout done, like you're not going to have a tougher workout than that because each workout is just going to get a little bit easier as you go along. So I think mentally that would be 
one of my first pieces of advice is to just act confident, even if you're faking it. I think that's a really interesting advice. I would have never thought of that. And I will definitely check out that podcast. Very interesting stuff. Yep. Um, I know one of the things that has helped my clients, particularly women, is to, they, I have them tell themselves, I deserve to be here just as much as anyone else. My workout matters just as anyone else's. I can take up space because we have this feeling when we're new and, and maybe it's man, men too, but like, oh, I need to get out of that person's way or I shouldn't be here. Um, and we kind of always feel like we're in the way or we have to hurry to get off, get off the piece of equipment. And so really mentally saying to ourselves very sternly, like, I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And totally agree with what you just said there. And one of the things that really annoys me pertains to, to, again, what you just said, but, you know, I'm always telling my, my female clients to use the free weights, right? I'm a big proponent of using free weights. And for whatever reason, when women are in a big box gym, they just tend to go more for the cardio or the machines. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against, you know, cardio or machines, but part of that is, and I get, I hear this a lot. Oh, well, you know, when I go over to the free weights, that area is commandeered by, you know, a bunch of men and meatheads and, and I don't feel comfortable going over there. Um, and that's always bothered me. I don't know if you hear that from clients as well. Yeah. Not only do I hear it from clients, but I lived that, like, that's how I felt as well. Um, that I would look up into, we called it the man cave, where all the free weights were and the barbells and the squat rack. And I would totally think that is not my place, right? I'm going to stay here on my elliptical. And then there was a little, there was a small, tiny weight section that I, that I sort of would go to, to do, you know, like a few shoulder presses or something when I was done on my elliptical. But that mental um, attitude of like, that's not my place is something to really push against. And we can talk some about some actual strategy about like practically what we can do to get past that. But I think the mental piece is big. Just telling ourselves like, I totally belong up there with that big guy who's grunting with his, you know, gallon jug of blue liquid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And that's, you know, the gym is for everyone. Like you said, there's the, the free weight area is for everyone to use. And, and I think it's getting better. I think, you know, five years ago, I feel at least experiences anecdotally, female, my female clients were a little bit more nervous about going to the free weights, but it's still there. It's, although it's getting better, more women are lifting weights. I think it's fantastic. Like you deserve to be there, get over there and, and, you know, start lifting those free weights because that's the key to, to changing your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So practically speaking, a person is new, they haven't gone to a gym before. What do you think that they can do so that they get over that part of, I'm too scared to go up there and lift the free weights? Well, I think number one, you have to have a plan of what you're doing. Yeah. That is a huge problem I see when, you know, people start training, say they, they don't have a plan. And I don't think it has to be the perfect plan, but you have to have some idea of what you are going to do once you walk through that gym, because if you go in there and you are guessing or you're just going to walk around and go to this machine and you're not quite sure, I think that's only going to increase your feelings of nervousness or, or embarrassment or any of those other feelings. And again, it doesn't have to be the perfect plan, but maybe you can you know, get a workout from YouTube or maybe you tear out a sheet from you know, women's health. Anything that you can 
you can get that's going to give you some of what exercises you're going to do for how many sets and how many reps is going to definitely help, I think, relieve those feelings of being intimidated while you're at the gym. Absolutely. And I think that that's a big part of why we tend to just go for the machines. Because if you walk over to a machine, there's a picture that shows you what to do, right? Exactly. But if you walk over to the dumbbells and you're just like, I, I don't know, what should I do here today? So I love that. I think having a plan is, is vital. I think that like, that's like step one. Yep. And to add to that, I would say, I would actually recommend having a plan that's based more on body weight or free weights, especially dumbbells when you start out. Because the other thing I hear is some people will make a plan, but they're like, this, this machine was taken. Um, and so I, I couldn't do that. And then I didn't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. You got, if you're using dumbbells, there's usually going to be a lot of different dumbbells that you can use. So you can always just go, you know, up or down in weights and it's not going to prevent you from, you know, sticking to whatever plan you have. So stick with the free weights or body weight stuff. That is a really, really good point. You know, when I have clients who are very new and they're super hesitant to even go to the gym, even though they have a gym membership, I will sometimes have them practice at home, even mm -hmm. if it's just body weight, so that mm -hmm. when they show up in the gym, like they're like, okay, this is a goblet, you know, they'll watch the video and they'll be like, okay, this is how I do a goblet squat. This is how I do a hand elevated push up, so that when they show up in the gym environment, that they feel a little more confident that it's not totally brand new. I think that's, that's a great idea. And that's the two exercises you just said, I think would be perfect to start out some sort of incline push up, maybe a goblet squat and some sort of rowing movement for a few sets. You don't need more than that for someone who's really just getting started. Absolutely. It's a really good place to start. All right. So what else, what else can people do? They have a plan. They've practiced a little bit. What other things can they do to get over being so intimidated? I think bringing a pair of headphones and some of your favorite music is key because it lets you sort of dissociate from your surroundings a little bit and focus on what you're doing and not what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And you know, good music, at least for me, you know, I mentioned I'm a the guy it's, it's motivating. Um, so it kind of gets me pumped up, gets my adrenaline going. Are you, and are you a happy I'm, music listener in the gym or are you like an angry music listener? <laughs> What do you, what do you like? That is hilarious. I'm, I, I would say I, I do tend to listen to some heavier music if I'm lifting okay. heavy for sure, but not all the time. You know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm 38 and like now I can, now I can work out with like some Phil Collins too. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I think it depends on the type of workout I'm doing, but I always have headphones when I'm working out because yeah. it, it helps me focus and you know, I'm not paying too much attention to what anyone else is doing anyway, but it really helps me focus on, on what I'm doing. Yeah. I think it kind of provides a certain level of comfort of like, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm, I'm not really surrounded by 40 other people, right? I'm just kind of here in my own world. I like that. I think that's a really good one. Yeah, what else do you have for us? So you mentioned this too earlier, bring a friend, right? If you have, you know, power numbers, if you can bring someone with you that is, you know, in the same place as you are just getting started, um, you can help motivate each other. You have that camaraderie. You have someone there with you. I think it's always a little bit more comfortable with a friend. Yeah. And then, you know, even more ideal would maybe to bring a friend that's a little bit more experienced than you that can show you the ropes a little bit um, to take away some of the guesswork. Doesn't, you know, have to be a personal trainer, but anyone that has some experience that would be even more ideal. And I think that just calms the nerves a little bit. 
Absolutely. Just having somebody to talk to and walk in there with and figure out like, where am I going to sit my stuff and where should I start? I think it's great to have somebody there, even if they don't know anything, but you're right. Way better. If they actually know a little bit about lifting, that would be ideal. Yeah, exactly. What else? Tell us some more. Well, this is, uh, you know, this is obviously going to be a little bit biased because I am a fitness coach. I am a personal trainer, but hire a coach. You know, if, if you really don't know what you're doing and you don't have to hire a coach for a long period, extended period of time, you can have some, someone show you the ropes and that's going to be the ideal situation, right? Because they're going to take all of the guesswork out for you. Um, You know, they're going to design a program for you. They're going to cater it to your goals and you know, they're going to make you feel so much more comfortable. And again, I realize this is a pretty self-serving strategy, but wouldn't it be ridiculous as a personal trainer if I didn't recommend it as at least an option to take away from some of that gym intimidation? I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a fabulous idea. Even if a person just goes to their gym and hires like a personal trainer for one or two sessions to kind of show them around, show them like, how do I do a goblet squat? How do I do a row? Like literally just a couple of sessions that can be totally a game changer. Absolutely. I know I've helped people out that way and, and, you know, then they can get going on their own and uh, it helps immensely. Like you said, even if it's only a few sessions, so that'd be another great strategy to use. Yeah, for sure. And I know for, it's, I have a client who told me she's a a middle-aged woman and she was very intimidated to go to the gym. She's been with me about seven or eight months now. And it was like two months ago. She's like, you know what? She's like, I looked around one day. She's like, and I don't even know how it happened. She's like, I realized I probably knew more about lifting than most people in that gym. Uh-huh. She's, she's like, I, I, she's like, what I realized is having a coach who checks my form and writes my plan for me. She's like, now I know stuff. And so it can be an expensive investment, but it can be an investment that's really going to pay off in your confidence and just in your future ability to be successful. And I don't think it's self-serving of you at all to say that, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is a great option to have. Um, and, you know, one of the things I do is I do semi-private training. And so that does actually make it a little bit more cost than, you know, doing a one-on-one training session. So there are definitely options besides just one-on-one personal training out there for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Okay, I want to switch topics in just a second. Do you have anything else on this topic that you want to tell us about gym intimidation? I do have one more quick thing to mention. Awesome. And I'm sure that you would probably agree with me. You know, you don't have to go to a gym to work out. And so a lot of online clients are working out at home. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't face your fears and go to the gym, you know, but if you do want to work out at home, it can be a great option. And you don't have to invest in a ton of equipment that takes up a lot of space. A lot of my, you know, clients are, home are just using a TRX straps and adjustable dumbbells. And so that's always an option. If you do feel like working out at home in the end is just going to be, you know, a better route for you. So just wanted to mention that. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I have tons of clients who prefer working out at home. I work out at home. It's convenient. And you're right. There is a less level of intimidation, even though we're still intimidated by like, I don't really know what I'm doing. There's nobody watching. Um, I like your two suggestions there, adjustable dumbbells and a TRX strap. Give us one more thing. If you say, if somebody's like, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a little home gym. What should they get? We've got adjustable dumbbells, TRX. What's one more thing? I would say, you know, if you can invest in, in a barbell, I mean, the barbell is so valuable and obviously you're going to need plates for that. But in terms of cost effectiveness, I would say a stability ball. 
because there are so many things that you can do on a stability ball. Um, and you know, they're probably going to be anywhere from 30 to $50. And then yeah. let me add one more thing to that, an adjustable bench. Oh yeah. Or, uh, you know, a bench that you can, you can incline is huge. And again, you can do so many exercises besides just bench press. You can do, you know, overhead press, you can do rows on air, ups on a bench and you don't need, you don't need a super expensive one, but a bench can be extremely valuable as well. Yeah. Amazon has really well-priced adjustable benches. Um, they're not as expensive as people might think they are. Mm -hmm. And definitely would, I would say for sure, go for the adjustable one versus the flat one. You can mm -hmm. just do so many more, so many more exercises. Agree. 100%. Um, and I love the idea of a barbell too. I think that's fantastic. And all of that stuff, you know, I got almost all of my home gym equipment secondhand. Craigslist is fantastic for that. There are resale shops where you can get things less expensive. And if you wait until like March, everyone's going to be selling the stuff that they haven't used now at Christmas. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly right. The secondhand tip is also key. A lot of, that's what a lot of my, my online clients who work out at home will do. You can yeah. find, especially the dumbbells and barbells. There's lots yeah. of people looking to get rid of those. Yep. I got a ton for free just on a neighborhood Facebook group. People were wanting to redo their basement. And she's like, my husband has not touched these weights in years. And so I got like a whole rack of dumbbells for free. Even so, better. Good for right? you. You just have to like look around for people getting rid of their stuff, garage sales, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Just keep your eyes peeled. Like you said, it's pretty easy to find some, some cheap or even free stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Kurt, you have little kiddos. You have two. Mm -hmm. So how do you make time for fitness and healthy nutrition? Well, that's a good question because it is more of a challenge with children. I will say that. But one of the things that I've done is really set attainable, reasonable goals for my workout schedule. I think that's key. And I work out three times a week for probably 35 to 40 minutes. And I take the, you know, the rest of the days off. So I have four days a week where I'm really not working out and not, you know, as a fitness trainer, some people I think assume that I'm working out five to six days a week for like an hour or 90 minutes. And, you know, it's all about efficiency. If you, if you are planning, but let's go back to the planning, right? If you're planning your workouts before going in and doing something random, um, you can be very efficient. You can get in fantastic shape in three times a week for 30, 30 to 40 minutes. So it's, it's all about efficiency and, and setting, I think, those, you know, reasonable, attainable goals when you do have kids. I love that. I think, yeah, I think that's great. We sometimes think that it's just not good enough, like 30 to 40 minutes, like that's not good enough, right? And mm -hmm. it is. And when people can realize like with consistency with that, they can make huge progress. That's everything. Absolutely. And you mentioned nutrition too. Yeah. I do think that's also harder because, and you, you obviously know this, you know, when you're, when you're making dinner for the whole and my kids, I mean, they're not, they're a little finicky with the food. And so it's not like we can just, my wife and I can just cook something that we love to eat. It's yeah. got to be something that we all like to eat. And, yeah. you know, that can be a challenge in terms of eating healthy. And so I think just being, getting creative, trying out new recipes, finding stuff that is healthy, but also, you know, recipes that you and your kids will both enjoy. <laughs> uh, Pinterest is great for that. My wife looks up a lot of Pinterest and, you know, recipes, but um, I think you just have to get creative because again, a lot of the foods that we like, uh, you know, my kids, my kids won't eat um, and, and you just got to get creative there. I like that. Yeah. And 
know that it's hard, but like we're the parents and mm-hmm. they're going to eat what we put on the table eventually. Right. And so yeah. I, I wish sometimes, you know, when, whenever you do something and you look back like, wow, I could have done that better. I wish I had pushed a little bit harder for variety in my kid's diet when they were little, mm-hmm. um, you know, still serving them the things they like, but kind of right. continually introducing some things that maybe they didn't like for a while. I think I gave up too soon is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think I gave up too soon. And uh, now my kiddos, my oldest, I'm super excited. He this just the, literally this semester in college, he's, he's a second year student in college, started eating salad for the first time in his life. We're going to go, we're going to go on a lunch date to salad works while he's home this week because he's finally decided he can eat salad. It took him 19 years. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> 19 um, years. And I will say my wife is really, really good about trying out new things. And she actually really enjoys cooking. So I got lucky there. Um, oh, that's fantastic. So she helps. She helps immensely with that. And she's, you know, she's one of these people who can just kind of make something up on a whim and it always tastes good. Um, oh, she's, I love that. She's that's also very fantastic. health conscious. So I looked out with, with Megan. <laughs> that's fantastic. So Kurt, what are your big fitness goals for 2020? Oh, that's a, you know, that's a, a great question. My fitness goals for 2020 right now, you know, in general, my fitness goals are always to, to get stronger. And right now I'm, I'm definitely trying to add some muscle as well. Okay. And so it's pretty simple, right? I'm working out three times a week. I generally train in the, you know, the, the three to 10 rep range. I don't have any like specific, like, you know, I want to be able to bench press this much weight. I don't have any really specific, you know, body weight goals. But I will say this, I track every single workout I do. Mm. Um, and I've been doing that for probably 10 years. I have, I have records back to 10 years. And I'm always trying to improve something every workout, whether that's more weight, more reps, better form, um, something along those lines. Biggest fitness goals are always to get better and gain muscle. Because again, I growing up, I was always this really skinny, lanky kid. So I really gravitated towards strength training at a young age. And the other part is I just enjoy the process. Like um, that's probably why I'm a trainer. Um, I go into the weight room and I'm like, I, I love every workout I do. I know a lot of people out there might be like, Oh, you're crazy. (laughs) That's why I'm a trainer. I I enjoy the process, not just the end result. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's why I love what I do. And I, I love helping other people do the same. I love that you have records back that long. It's really cool to look back and see how far we've come. And sometimes we forget like, wow, I couldn't do that back then. So that's fantastic. That's a really great piece of advice um, to keep yep. track of your workouts. Yeah. Tracking workouts is huge. And I, you know, I practice what I preach. I would never tell clients to do something I'm, I'm not willing to do myself. And I do that with my workout too. I've, I've done any workout program I've given to a client I've done myself. So I know, I know how they feel. I know how it's <laughs> going to work. For them. You know, the parts when they're going to be like, dang, I hate Kurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yep. I knew that was coming. Like, I've done I hate before. myself. <laughs> yes. I, I know your pain. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Best tip for people hitting January 1st, better off than they are right now. My best tip would be to start slow. What I see way too often is people coming out of the gate trying to do way too much. And usually by Valentine's Day, they're done and Mm -hmm. and they give up. And what I mean by that is, you know, the day after, you know, January 2nd, 
someone's going to decide that they're going to work out six times a week and you know, no more alcohol. And I I mean, I still see this with clients and I I don't advise them to do this, but some of them will still do it. You know, January, I'm not, I'm no bread, no sugar, no alcohol. And as we know, you know, none of that works because it's not sustainable, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I'm good at for dinner. I'm it's chicken and vegetables every night. And what ends up happening is someone can do okay with that, right. For maybe a few weeks or a month or two. And then they go to the opposite end of the spectrum where they stop working out completely. They've restricted themselves for so long that they are eating way too many calories and, you know, maybe they're, they're binging. Mm -hmm. And so my best advice for January would be, okay, you know, maybe if if you're not working out at all, maybe you start with uh, two to three workouts a week, even two, you know, maybe you start with, let's get to the gym twice this week. Yeah. And instead of chicken and vegetables and no sugar, no bread, you know, cutting all these things out of your diet, maybe you tell yourself, you know, I'm going to try to eat one big salad every day this week. And I'm not going to change anything else about my diet. But if I can get that one big salad a day, that's a small step towards my goals that I can do. That's sustainable. So it's really all about sustainability, because that's what's going to allow you to achieve, achieve success long term. So please, please, please do not come out of the gate too fast because you, you're going to be disappointed, you know, come mid February. And I bet a lot of people listening to this can relate and they're shaking their head and they're like, yep, done that many a January. Right. And so trying it the way you just suggested is going to be different, but Hey, if you've done it that other way so many times and you're here trying to do it again, maybe giving it a go this like slow and steady way, could finally get you the results you're looking for. Yeah, and exactly. And it doesn't mean you can't eventually get to, you know, working out three to four times a week, but yeah. you, need to, you need to start slow and then start building. And once you can nail down those two workouts, you know, for, for two or three weeks, then maybe you tell yourself, you know, I'm going to try for three now because I was successful. Mm-hmm. But give yourself easy attainable goals in, in the beginning and, and then just build up from there because a lot of times slow progress is sustainable progress. In the end, you're going to, you're going to see the best progress. It just takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And so you can set yourself up for success, build on these small wins and keep getting more and more successes under your belt rather than, you know, all in and you failed before Valentine's day. I love that advice, Kurt. I think it's really, really wise. All right. We're going to end here with a little rapid fire questions. You ready to go fast? Uh, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Favorite holiday food. You can't wait to eat. Oh, I would say, sorry, pumpkin pie, (laughs) pumpkin pie. (laughs) Best gift you've ever given. Best gift I've ever given was a TV. Who'd you give it to? My wife. So it's sort of like a gift to myself too. (laughs) And that's why it was the best gift ever. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) New Year's Eve, go out or stay in? Oh, stay in. Yeah. Stay in. I mean, if we, I mean, I used to occasionally go out, but, uh, now, if we stay in, it's either just the two of us or we invite six to eight friends over and play games. That. That's it. I love that. Favorite lift in the gym at the moment? Bench press. I love bench press. I love bench press. All right. Last question. A favorite word. And you cannot say the F word. Everyone says it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> pick another one. <laughs> okay. So I cannot say the F word. You cannot. You have to pick another favorite word. Oh gosh. Let's just take all swear words off the table. <laughs> no swear words. Oh gosh. This is tough. I don't have a favorite word. 
And the, the only one that came to mind is inappropriate too. So I'm not going <laughs> to um, Why is that? This question is so interesting to me. I'm going to keep asking it because it's interesting to me, the words that people come up with. Uh, erroneous. Erroneous. Was my question erroneous? Your question was not erroneous, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt, tell everybody where they can find you if they would like to follow you. Okay. So if you follow me, I am at Kurt Rollins Fitness on Instagram. And that is where I, you know, I do most of my um, focus on, on social media, on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook under Kurt Rollins Fitness as well. And if you do want to get on my email list, I email pretty frequently. You can uh, email me at info at KurtRollinsFitness.com. And yeah, I think that's that. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Kurt. I really appreciate you being here. Um, that was not an erroneous decision on my part to invite you on. <laughs> Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. You, you are doing great things. Keep up working and, and thanks so much. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.